Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. Why are you looking at me like that? You're just smiling, which is what? not sure what you're smiling about. I'm smiling because I'm alive. Anyway, so we're second week in a row. We didn't have to skip a week. Yeah. Yeah. And we're picking up where we left off with we did a part one last time and sometimes i feel like we say like we're gonna continue something and we don't because we get sidetracked with another topic but Mm -hmm. this week we're gonna stick with what we started with last week and follow up with part two yeah we introduced the idea of like some of the i don't know what you want to call it inside the like the athlete's mind the curse of the athlete's mind um and it was more related to what would you say last week's theme was with as it related to that? I think one of the big things with it was to highlight the pitfalls with the constant pressure to be better, to right. never accept who you are. Um, right, the, like you're kind of at the tip of the spear. You're always improving, you're feeling, always improving, you're always improving, yeah. you're always improving, you're always improving. And like that comes with a burden. And mm-hmm. it also exists it's a critical function to be a high performing athlete but it also is specific and short-lived so i think last week what we were talking about was kind of highlighting how sometimes normal people quote unquote Mm -hmm. want to take that on as like this is what would be good for me but we were saying that well maybe it's not always good like that's not always the best to just onboard that and that it without seeing the whole picture this week where do you want to take that? So one of the questions that a friend of mine in the UK, I just had a caught up with him. We know each other from the do and, um, awesome dude, Gareth, if you're listening, hello. Um, he told me a story about a little kind of parable or whatever. And it's a guy fishing and somebody comes over and they say, Hey, you need to, you need to, you know, get a bigger, you need to get a boat. And he's like, why do I need to get a boat? The guy's like, well, that way you can go out and catch more fish. He's like, well, and then what? He's like, well, then you can sell the fish and you can catch more fish and then you can get another boat. He's like, well, and then what? He's like, well, then you can get a whole fleet and then you can have a fishing company and then you could, you know, have even more and and go and make all this money. He's like, well, and then what? He's like, well, then you can sell the company and, um, you know, retire and not have to work another day in your life and come stand on the beach and fish and spend time with your family. He's like, well, I fucking do that now. So what's, what are you talking about? And I think that, and I probably butchered the story. So I apologize. Well, whatever. You get the point. And then what? That's the question I think that every athlete or every aspiring athlete or everybody who has their own quest would benefit to ask themselves because Mm -hmm. the the reality is, and it's a sobering reality that not a lot of people want to admit, but like at a certain point it does come to an end Mm -hmm. and then what? And so, well, but I think also in that is sort of tied up in like, yeah, having your eyes open to like, what are you, what are you not just always going for better, mm -hmm. but like, is there, like, at what point is it enough? I think one of the things that, and the the word enough, you know, because it's a charged word. And that comes with a lot of baggage and curiosity. And, you know, a lot of the times when we ask ourselves, like, is it enough? We're looking for evidence. 
it's enough when I have you know, mm-hmm. X dollars or X achievements or X whatever performance. You know what I mean? Right, like there's right. a very sort of measurable non-personal yeah. thing. But enough really is a feeling. And satiety is a feeling. And personal satiety and fulfillment is a feeling that the guy on the beach who... Right, he had it. Had it all. Right, right. And I think as an athlete too, and there's a couple different things I guess I would want to talk about on this one, but man, you know, like, and I'm just thinking back to my own stuff, like I really wish, I really wish I knew what I had when I had it and didn't... Not that I pissed it away because I didn't, and I, and I remember there was, and this is for the military and and sport, but like, we really by lo- by not being present and aware and appreciative, we rob ourselves of the ability to recognize what we have in the present, mm-hmm. and then we can only see that by looking backwards, and that's really I think where a lot of challenge comes in on the personal side and where there is depression and when there is living in your past and when there is that like inability to move on and it's like well how do we move on it's like well we don't when you say how do you move on you think about going forward Mm -hmm. moving on is something you do you're you're in the present at the time and so i think that's a major thing that's a major thing to look at like you know, even whatever it is, if you're not there, wherever the fuck there is for you, mm-hmm. you're somewhere and that's where you are. Right. And you can perhaps be in the greatest phase of your life right now and you don't know. But like, don't rob yourself of the chance to connect to that and feel that by constantly looking at what's next. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, a, there's likely when you start doing that, like, it almost is like um, self-perpetuating. It's a guarantee to like never get there. It's a carrot and a stick. You know, because now you're seeking that. And then to your point about last week, like having that pressure of like the 1% better, it's really working against you in many ways. And yeah. that's your issue with it. Not, of course, do we want to get better, but when it's never acknowledging where you're at now and only about like, I'm almost there, I'm almost at that next step. And And not to make it about this, but like, that's the weird thing with um, like people who want to get lean. And I'll mm-hmm. say that with myself. Mm-hmm. I never felt like I was there. I never arrived. I never, the macros or whatever, like I never got to that point, you know, and that's a very like tangible, physical kind of thing you can see. Um, and then you look back and, and I think a lot of people have this, like, what was I talking about? Like I looked fine, mm-hmm. you know, but like, it is always the like, ah, oh, just a little bit more, a little bit more. And that's just a very dangerous way to live because yeah, you're never present. You're never appreciative. You learn to not accept yourself. There's no, an acceptance in that way. It sounds sort of like giving like, up. Yeah. Quitting. Like, like yeah. we said last week, like, yeah. but, but that's not being accepting of yourself. You can still aspire to learn to be better, to improve from a place of acceptance, not a place of scarcity and like not enough. Right. And I think that's the thing that with people, the quest to be 1% better. I love that idea. idea, You know, and I remember and after we clicked and last week I was like, man, I really hope people don't selectively hear mm-hmm. me shitting yeah, on God, the 1% really better, better because I do love that idea. You know, hell, I'll take 0.1% better. If you want, If you want to really get into it, 
like that's yeah. that's that's a that's major progress is progress better yeah. is better anything and better. and so but it's like one of the other things is are you acknowledging that you know what today like damn straight i mm-hmm. got one percent better I, I i don't know that's for each person right. to ask but like consider and asking yourself um what life would look like if you believe that you have everything you need right, right. now you've arrived you have what if you've arrived yeah what if you have what if you can stop trying to achieve and just and really be yourself and i i think that that's a tough one for folks because so much reverence is put on achievement Mm -hmm. and in many ways in many outlets in order to achieve you may very well have to abandon and sacrifice part of yourself and so, of course, this is not a universal thing, but like you have everything you need right now. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? And I think one of the things that I've kind of worked on with some people, not a lot because it does get a little bit deeper, but like um, the, what is it called? Oh, I it was, it would work with a couple people like stop playing the when then game. Mm-hmm. The when then game is fucking killing you. When I get this, then I'll get that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, enough of it. Yeah. And yeah, that is something that it's natural to think that, but it plagues folks, yeah. you know? And what it what does it do? Let's break it down. When? Okay, so not now. Then. Future outcome. Okay, so you're just So it's anxiety, out of the present, yeah. pre- putting the only focus on the outcome. Yeah. That is a recipe for... for for disaster mm-hmm. when it comes to your mental health. Yeah. For sure. And um Well, and that's the thing like when when you look at ourselves or other or people that do that, I've yet to like think about an example of like when that really worked out. You know what I mean? Because you don't because it's training yourself to as we sort of opened with like to putting something constantly in the future. Just the carrot on the stick, like you're training yourself to that to to get accustomed to that. So it's mm-hmm. just a, a really a trap. So one of the things though you wanted to get into this second piece with is like, you know, definitely a couple deeper layers as related mm-hmm. to your experience. So, and that was sort of where this all started with the curse of the athlete's mind, your own experience of this. So what would mm-hmm. you, what do you feel is relevant to share about like your personal experience with this type of. Yeah. And I always struggle with this a little bit with like what, not like what difference does it make, but like how much should I share with my personal experience? Cause it's uniquely mine. But I, but I think what I've been very grateful for folks who have reached out and been like, Hey, like I get it. We're, you know, our, our backgrounds or our pursuits are different. And when, uh, let me just pause on that for a second. When folks say like, you know, I, I wasn't in the military or anything, but like, it's like good fucking there is no elevation. Right. Like that's not the, my like, struggle in the military. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. There is no ladder. Like it is yeah. not a ladder. So um, when people are like, "Hey, you know, whatever this or that," really resonated with me, and I felt like it was the same thing. It's like so. I guess that keeps me going for um, for sharing my personal. Yeah, and I think stuff. it's pretty obvious you. You do, and I'll say it, you hesitate. I'm usually the one that says like, oh, maybe we'll share this or that of our experience. And you are more likely the person that hesitates because you wonder if just sharing your own personal thing, is that really bringing value? But Mm -hmm. in this case, 
I do think it does. And I think a lot of people can relate whether they were a high performing athlete in the military or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it is a kind of way of thinking and, and a mindset not unique to like what you did. Right. Yeah. And so the thing that I wanted to share with is, again, not from a diagnostic standpoint or a clinical standpoint, while I'm, I'm sure those elements are there, but is the curse of the athlete's mind and depression. And anybody who I think has played at a high level or performed at a high level, when it's over, like those are some really dark days after. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you don't think about that. And I think one of the challenges... When you're in it, you mean. Yeah, when you're yeah. in it. You don't think about that. It's, it's not because you're not, in many ways, because you're very, very present. And you're just focused on what you're focused on. <clears throat> and when we break down athletes, mm-hmm. real athletes, competing, or a person dedicating and sacrificing to accomplish something... Mm-hmm. So the internal and the external, the who, the what, those are always going to be like lenses through which we kind of put everything through. As an athlete, as somebody striving to achieve whatever this performance goal is, it's largely on the external, the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so you're in this environment, we'll just take sports and being an athlete, for example. You're in an environment where the only purpose is to obtain a desirable outcome win right if it's a you, one or a zero it's a one or a zero now at the highest levels sure of course professional athletes and there's there's hall of famers who have never won a championship or have you know what i mean like but it's yeah, performance yeah. based you can't just lose all the time right and right and so your worth literally is based upon your performance Mm -hmm. and so it's all about the external the external and the what determine the who and through the how and the why and so the challenge with that is when the external when the what when the only thing the only outlet you have to really determine what you've got and who you are uh comes to an end which it will then what is left Mm -hmm. and and when when we're committing more to the external and more to the what, and we strip that away or that gets taken away, what comes crashing down is, 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 is rough. And that's the part about, again, from a non, and I don't want to, you know, claim that I'm able to diagnose because I'm obviously not, but it is my own personal experience has been massive depression and that's not even career ending. That's season ending. Mm-hmm. That's phase of training ending. That's like the the intense focus and dedication and commitment and expression and engagement in something that you know your means everything to you and it is part of who you are. But like that that experience when it's over, there is there is an impact. Yeah. And and there is a the, your body sometimes goes into a depressed state and sometimes that's not necessarily bad mm-hmm. if we're looking at a depressed state versus depression like yeah you need to heal you need to reboot and stuff but part of the athlete's journey I I mean I don't know cuz I haven't talked to a lot of people 
like specifically about it, but I would say like, yeah, if you're, if you're an athlete and it doesn't matter whatever your level is, if you cared about it, mm-hmm. you likely face some depression after. Well, because that outlet, like whatever, to your point, it doesn't matter the, the level at which it was still an outlet and it was part of who you were. So you look at, you've talked a lot about some of the high school kids yeah. currently whose season has been taken away and it's easy to it's it's easy for people to say like oh, like come on it's like high school sports but for for some of these kids like that is a major outlet that's something that was really important to them and yeah and then you pair tack on all the other things going on like it's no it shouldn't be a shock that that might put someone into a depressed state but so when you talk about that for you like i think it's easy to say depressed state you know Mm -hmm. like that's kind of a catch-all like what do you feel like in your experience whether it was and i think the military is um not that like to pick that over sports and i didn't know you when you stopped playing soccer um but i did know you when you left the military and i think that is like a career and a passion and like a purpose that kind of came to an end for you Mm -hmm. and kind of how you how it showed up for you because I don't think it was as obvious not obvious I mean now looking back it's like of course you were depressed yeah but I don't know that when it was happening we realized how bad it was no and there's also the like next the other part which is like okay what what the fuck do you do about it and did you did you use that to push you forward at some point or like so that experience I think is valuable Sure. So the depression looked like complete lack of interest in doing anything. Um, not really knowing, like for me, at least it was kind of like, what is the fucking point of, I just came from, and again, not to be elitist. And I, and I really hope that that's not how it sounds, but I came from living a life that was so intense And the consequences of that could be very intense mm-hmm. and, and, you know, life or death and not to be super dramatic because it's not like every day is life and death. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make that. But like the environment, every single second of the day is focused on, you know, and I've shared with you recently a little bit even deeper, which I'm not going to get into here, but every second of the day, it's like there's an intensity with that, sure. you know, even if it that specific day is not, yeah. not intense. There's still this overarching thing. And then that just goes away one day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then what? Well, and then and you're thrown exactly into... The it's a wave. Right. And, and I don't think it's elitist to say. I think that one of the, the major things was like, and we ta- referenced this movie um, on the last podcast about the Olympic level athlete, right. the Olympic the Olympic athletes who weren't able to compete or what happens when they stop competing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the major things is like the inability to relate to anybody. There's no way. I mean, I remember sometimes going to the, you know, the the little shopping plaza where like the the supermarket is, you know, you mean home? yeah, Yeah. Home. And just being like, I'm a, I'm a literally an alien right Mm -hmm. now and different, what, even things like silly things. And this is where you kind of then beat yourself up where you're like, you know, people are getting kind of fired up about, 
little things like waiting in line or something, you know, them not having the right kind of cheese and, and, and all of these little inconveniences when you're like, none of this shit matters. Right. And like, it, when my point is, it's not, it, they're not wrong. No. And you're not right. And when you say like, it sounds elitist, it's just coming from quite literally, yes, you are in many ways an alien because those, most people have never experienced living in that way. And you haven't lived in that way in so long that it's just, talking two different languages and living in two different environments. So that feeling now I think is very isolating and you seem to be very like you weren't alone. You had us, you had your family, Mm -hmm. but But being alone, but but being lonely and being alone are different. And I was, am in some ways still like, you know, struggle with that being very lonely and feeling and it. And it's not because of lack of, people surrounding sure. you yeah it's not it's an it, again it's an internal thing it's a feeling mm-hmm. and part of that downward sort of spiral is also then you're like you know you, you just lose interest in in things and you just don't care mm-hmm. um and so what do you do for that well you have to fill that somehow and that's where then certainly alcohol can fill it drugs can fill it any other vices and addictions can fill it fitness can fill it right so there's a lot of these there's a void that's left from this drop off and what makes it really what makes it really hard is that you feel like you are a complete and i've said this so many times but like you, when you feel like when you truly feel like you are an absolute stranger in your own life and you're able to recognize that and be mm-hmm. like I don't even know, I don't know anything about this. I don't know how to live. I mean, there are times I got out of the military and I felt like for the first time I had to learn how to live. And that was sort of a a previous thing. But like, I don't want to do any of that. No. You know what I want to do? I want to be back into an environment where all I have to focus on is just like, you want to talk about fucking getting after it? Okay. Right. But, but, but this, all these other, all these other nonsense things like, no. And then it's, you talk about trying to be empathetic with people. And then, so you, you're on that razor's edge for so long and it's revered and it's all oh, right on. Oh, green beret. Oh, high performer. Right, oh, right. CEO. Oh, you know, bah, 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 all these things. And it's but like, then the fall from that is really hard. Yeah. 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 So I'm a green beret who did some crazy stuff or I'm a CEO who has this and that or you know whatever and and yeah and then it's like and then you go and you try to do some basic thing and you're like uh how does i i, I don't know how to, i don't know how to live yeah and that well and that's when to your point the alcohol and things like that there then it's much easier to numb that because it's really hard to come to terms with and it's really hard for your family or people who care about you to hear like you feel like a stranger in your own life i mean we've obviously had that discussion yeah. a lot but because there's no amount of doing that someone else can do to make you feel like you know sure there's support but like you can't really make someone it is a drug it is uh, and and thankfully i've never had any drugs uh you know any any addictions or anything like that um the thing is you're in this world coming out of whatever your you know environment is then you're in this world and 
Well, fuck it. I mean, one of the things that really struggled, that really bothers, bothered me the most is just feeling like nobody gives a shit. And not even about me, but about the families of those who have been killed. And by not caring about me, you don't care about them. And you just forgot. And, like, so help me God until the day I'm done. That is a group of people that I will continue to try to raise awareness for. And not advocate for, because, frankly, they're stronger than I am. But just be like, hey, like, we cannot forget. Yeah, oh, you know, all of the different things with awareness. Like, there are people who every single day they wake up. Every single day they wake up with a hole in their heart. And there's kids who's, you know what I mean? Like, they said goodbye, and that was it. That was the last time they saw their their mom or dad and of course that's non-military related too just that my personal experiences with yeah. that so when i move back here to where, where where we live and just like and i'm just watching and i'm pretty damn good at watching people and i'm just like nobody gives a fuck man not only does it alienate and isolate you from any desire to engage it also builds up resentment and then it's like well of course you don't know how to live in here because you can't adapt and then the, within the veteran community, it's this us versus them thing. And there, it, gets, it just gets deeper and it builds upon itself and builds upon itself. And then you're thinking, well, I am in this town, I'm in this community that doesn't understand me. I don't understand them. I went from being at some you know, level to, to not, to not even, in, not even like lower on the level, not even, it's just completely different. Like yeah. whatever that is went away. These, this world that I'm in right now does not need me. It does not matter if I wake up. It does not matter if I show up today. Mm-hmm. That is some of the depression that right. and is, that's is very fucking real. Anybody that's whatever you were doing and had a purpose for and then you stop. I mean, that could be someone who re- retired. Yeah, they don't yeah. need me anymore. And that's the thing about it where it's like, so then you're in this state and you're like, and why I said it's like a drug. And in the military, you special operations, could I could make yeah. one phone call. Yeah. Two phone calls. Well, and you did and get, have a couple close calls where you did almost go back. And it was like, because they need me. And, they, and, you know, and, and again, and these are people that I, that I would absolutely work for and give my life for yeah. and everything like that. And I have a ton of respect and admiration and friends and whatnot. So it's not like they're like, you know, your, your drug dealer being like, yeah, come on back. To, come on back. But it's like you have this, the game needs me. Mm-hmm. The pursuit needs me. The military needs me. Whatever needs me. And they'll welcome me back with open arms. And it's like come back into this warm well, embrace can, of like, this exhale. drug. And it is a yeah. fucking drug. And again, not everybody. And, and people have different things from my experience. And that's one of those things where now you're in this weird space of you made a decision not to do something. Or maybe you didn't make the decision and mm-hmm. your career just came to an end. And you're not needed anymore. What, what, so now what do you do? And that's where a lot of the experience and a lot of the struggle drives because we drives the um, intent with between the ears to build the who. You, nobody does need you. You know what I mean? And even if people do need you psychologically, that's not really all that healthy. Yeah. You need to... F- like it's about you need to build yourself first right you need to connect with yourself first in addition to that if anybody is going to stand a chance to be able to connect to you 
you need to have it within yourself first. And that's where the who, um, you know, and, and, and feeling any sort of passion for life. And that's where some of the curiosity comes in too. And, and some of the questioning things and like, you know, it's like the, the old saying or whatever is like, you know, a, a, a person with a person with like nothing to lose is dangerous to fight. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like same sort of thing with you and your life. And like, if you had nothing to lose and it might be idealist to think, but like suspend all the bullshit, just forget what your parents wanted you to do. Forget the school that you went to, forget what your job was or is all of it. Forget where you live, what car you drive, like burn it all fucking to the ground. If you were to have nothing to what's lose, left. what's left yeah. and, and how do you kind of want to be like, now, now there's actually that little bit. Now you build the fire. Now you spark that. And for me, at least, that's been, yeah, that's been part of the journey. And, of, I, and of I think a lot of people don't have that guidance or that a re- realization. And a lot of people, I mean, even for yourself, maybe you didn't do the work on the who previously. Like you Definitely not. So then... I mean, and it was a struggle. It was definitely like the word struggle, like at the back and the forth and good days and bad days. And like, I mean, years, I mean, I would say three solid years for you of Of. like a real struggle Yeah. to like emerge from that who of like, okay, I think I'm getting there. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably, now you're not past it, but like you've, you definitely, but I think that was that moment. And, and what's sad is like a lot of people don't have that support to, to or someone to say like, all right, or to do the work of like getting past the what. And, um, and then like- you look at, and just to say like, then you look at what you're doing at between the ears. And I think there are people that like, don't get it or like, oh, yeah, like what, like, oh, come on. Like it's, it's working out. It's like, yeah, it is, but it's something that is something it's not realistic for everybody to go into a therapy session and 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 this intensive retreat and learn about like their who like that would be awesome most people can't do that but fitness you know what it's also not but that's yeah and that's the thing too like that it's not a by the end of this seminar you're gonna be able to know your who it's like no it's It's not a rational answer it took me three years to get one percent better right that's really too like where when i really think about and why I have a fucking attitude and I know it. I know I have an attitude and I know I can be harsh and I know I can be aggressive and yeah, I'm going to say it. I have that. And so when I see these things and when I, when they, when they hit a nerve, when they hit a personal nerve, I feel like one of the things and with this podcast and with whatever medium and outlets and this and that, um, yeah, I also feel like there's a little bit of a responsibility because, and we're all different and I, and, and without a doubt, sure. Your linear progression of 1% every day is a crock of shit. And that is a great ideal. It's something great to strive for. But if that then is your expectation, then the reality of life is going to slap you across Mm -hmm. the face every single day. And so when I say literally, it took me three years to get 1% better. And then there's all of the kind of rah, rah cheerleader shit. Like, yeah, that, that bothers me. And one of the reasons, and then, is so that yeah whatever just calling it for what it is yeah and sharing personal things 
Yeah, and I think that harshness or that frustration isn't about just like being a loud voice or being like, look at, look at, listen to me, listen to me over here. I think we both feel very strongly for people that are looking for help, are looking for like, what do I do now? And when we see that type of like solution, quote unquote, that we know is going to set that person up for failure, that's where, of course, we're passionate about it. And you're from your own experience, like you do want to call bullshit on a little bit because unfortunately that person is going into that thinking like, okay, this is going to help me. And, and it's, it's a trap. So, you know, that's where I think that comes from or that attitude. It's not just, it's not indulgent and it's not self-serving. It's more so just like, yeah, feeling like it's an important message to put out there and, you know, again, call bullshit on it and say, that's probably actually not realistic. And, you know, you're going to end up honestly worse than you were when you started. Because now, in addition to not knowing who you are, now I'm feeling maybe like a failure in this current life and how to adapt. Now you're being told like, well, you should be getting better every day and you're not getting better. And then that's the stress. So it's like, we're, we're creating this bigger problem than we had when we started. I remember I, a couple summers ago, did like a piece on like the origin story of between yeah. the ears and one of the first days in the one of, so in the Q course so you go to selection you kind of do a couple things and you go to this like orientation thing mm-hmm. and um, certainly not the first thing to person to ever ask this but we had some sports performance sports psychology neuroscience whatever the company was that was briefing us and giving us a whole thing and we took a bunch of tests and like you know so there was like some some of the, like the nervous system was something that sure. has been chatted about in different ways for for a long time and and you know that and like i've said in the military we we refer to it as like arousal control and all of that anyway you know this company came in and said or posed the question or i don't know i wrote i I found my packet and i wrote on it are you a better operator tonight than you were this morning and that was the question that i strove to answer yes to every single day okay there were days though that I answered no mm-hmm. to that. You know what I mean? And one of the things with that, the, and why it's the curse of the athlete's mind, is because I was a successful Q course candidate mm-hmm. who graduated, earned my Green Beret, went on to serve on an ODA, and, and, and did good things. Okay, That worked for that pursuit are you better tonight than you were today and it's of course a noble thought of hey let's continue to get better right the the thing is is like the specificity of that pursuit that was for becoming a green beret what's Mm -hmm. the purpose of a green beret then you start to answer that question what's the purpose of an athlete what's the purpose of a quarterback to throw the ball to call plays and to throw the ball or hand the ball to somebody so that they can run. Okay. What's the purpose of the alignment to do? You know what I mean? So you look at the functions. Mm-hmm. How do you apply that? What, how are we applying that to just right. a being human, human, human to you, life. to yeah. you, to the internal. And hmm, I don't know. So when there's that, and this is sort of the curse of the athlete's mind of like that worked, the athlete's mind tells you, fucking get better today or don't show up or you're off the team or you're not going to play it is very much put up or shut up oh you had a great game 
nice. And you guys lost? Who cares? Oh, but but I played well. And it's like, well, hold on a second. This is a team, this is a team event. It would drive me nuts. I remember in college, just as an aside, I um had a teammate. We lost, whatever. We should have won. We lost. It wasn't really that great of a game. And I see this kid after the after the game. He scored a goal or whatever. It was kind of a sh- shitty goal anyway. Like, just like as if we just won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we just lost three to one. It wasn't even close. And you're over here happy and smiling and like, mm-hmm. yeah, high-fiving and oh, yeah. And you scored a goal, dude. We lost the game 3-1. And I'm sure it wasn't kind words that were said. And... Yeah, because you know why? I don't, because he was playing that game for him. And everyone, like, and as a teammate, you have to play it for yourself. Whether you're the stud and you, like, there was plenty of games where I didn't score, someone else scored. Awesome, great, because it's about the team. I have always said that my college, my, my sports career was a failure because my goal by being an athlete was not to be a first team All American, it was to win the national championship. The individual piece is, is, mm-hmm. is, is just a cherry on top. We didn't win the national championship. My career was a failure. Okay, maybe that's a bit extreme, but whatever. So anyway, that that function of getting better every single day, it works. It 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 fucking works, and it drives you to that obsession, mm-hmm. and it has you saying, "Hey, family, I can't talk to you right now. I'm going to go train. Hey, friends, I'm not going to go party with you. I'm going to go train. No, I can't. You know all of these things, and so they work for specific functions." So then we get to this post-athlete, post-whatever sort of transitional phase in our life. And what do we do? We revert back to things we did that gave us success right. in the past. Right. Get better every single day. Then you're not. A three months, eh, whatever, six months, three years. And you're like, holy shit. So throughout that whole thing, you're like, I'm not getting better. And you know you're not getting better. Then you get obsessed about it. And it's just this... It's like the Pac-Man kind of a thing yeah. where you're, you're, you know, you're kind of eating yourself. Yeah. And I think that's applicable as you're talking about it. Like you think about people and I've not been in this particular situation per se, but like, if you think about even the corporate world or opening a business or like you're super hyper-focused on this one project. And so, yeah, I can see people in that time, like, Hey, we're doing this big thing and maybe you are working late nights or like, even for you with some of the between the ears things, like coming back to the gym, like working in the office, like going back, going back. And as much as it's like, you know, very myopic at that time and stressful. And so then the, the mismatch is like when it's done, you're like, well, aren't you like relieved? Aren't like, and people would ask you, aren't you glad you're home? And there is that like weird, like, well, I'm glad like, yeah, I am. Or people who maybe have been working up day and night, like, and I wonder even like, we've talked about this, like, people who are in the healthcare space right now, like they have this like extreme purpose and it's really, you know, like dangerous in many ways to their mental health, but they're doing it, they're doing it. And I wonder when it's over, like it's the same thing. It's this vacuum of like, well, well now what? And I think the people in their life, not maybe understanding, like how could you be missing that? Like, or not missing it, but like, aren't you just happy it's over? Um, and so I think that the main thing too, that we're pointing out is like, well, the, it's like, well, so what great. You're highlighting all this, but being able to not wait until you're in that position to do the work on the who, like, 
okay, so you can still have that focus. You can still do incredible things. Everybody's going to have those ebbs and flows in their life where they're working really hard on something or they're hyper-focused. Of course. That's, that's good. That's if you're doing anything worthwhile in life, you have those kinds of times, but being able to touch base with and stay connected to like the who during those processes and not just be lose yourself in it. And I think that's really challenging, but in the long run coming out of it, it, it'll be well worth the work to do that. Um, and that's, you know, I think been your experience that like Mm -hmm. now it's not like, well, now I learned that lesson. Like, well, that's over. Like, yeah, maybe I could have learned that earlier. You need to take that with you moving forward because there is a tendency for you to just go right back to that mindset of like, like if, if you could, you would live in this office seven days a week until between the ears was like what you think it should be. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that is completely, I, that is a disillusion, disillusion or whatever. There's things that happen that I've like, you know, like the black swan things and all of that stuff. There's things that you don't control because it's this, it's also this overcompensation for wanting control again. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't have that. And so you get this hook of, well, if I can just do this and, you know, so in the coaching world, coaching profession, like personal coaching, life coaching, whatever, if somebody's struggling with something, okay. Um, and it doesn't always matter. Like, obviously you need to know context and stuff and every relationship's different. But if, if your client is struggling with something, Mm -hmm. You ask a couple questions. Maybe you hit it from a couple different angles just to get a little bit more of a nuanced understanding of it. And then one a great question that you ask them is, all right, well, I hear that you know right now you're struggling to do X, Y, and Z. Um, do you ever remember a similar struggle? You're like, well, yeah, this one time I fucking X, Y, and Z was happening. It's like, okay, what did you do then that gave you success? What was one thing? You're like... Well, I went, I actually, you know, it's crazy you ask, but I went for like long walks and I just kind of cleared my head. Awesome. Do you think, what do you think? Do you think right. that's, and they're like, huh. So you, at, you, you, you go back to revisiting things that lent, that gave you, that helped contribute to success with whatever your current challenge mm-hmm. is. Okay. But this coming out of like the athlete's mind thing or the, the, the and then what question is, this is a new this is a new scenario. Right. And so not just defaulting back to what gave me success. Because what gave me success was, was shut off yeah. your, like shut down, right. fucking become obsessed. Don't like those things were not healthy. Why? Because it was a totally different thing. And, and, and so, you know, like it's a different part of your, if you got a successful ankle surgery because you blew your ankle out. You had a successful surgery, and then you're, and then you fuck up your shoulder. You're not going to get ankle surgery again, right? But I think that's the that's the that's such a human thing to, and I and I always and I do use this example of like nutrition because one, it's part of my lifelong like struggle, but two, because it's something and that's for another podcast. But but like we talked about it, like the dysfunction of people with their food and the counting, and there's a lot of people that want to return to quote unquote normal, be a normal mm-hmm. human who identifies when they're hungry, 
eats a piece of birthday cake at their kid's party, like Mm -hmm. these things that are like normal. But as soon as they step outside of that, like hyper-focused crazy world of like counting their things on a phone, it's like, they don't know how to live in that. Mm -hmm. And then where they go, they never get past that because what they go back to is like the control, the safety of like, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, and that's what I think for people to, and that is a great example of the who, like, and you talk about that. And that was a huge thing for me. I think the thing that really made a change for me in like years of struggling with food was really connecting to like who I am and who my relationship with food, not the what, because mm-hmm. I was always looking for like that answer. I mean, in, in with good intentions. Um, but so doing that work to, to understand that's what helps get people. Like I always think about it like, and you, you know, in all your land nav experience, basically walking around in the woods trying to find a point on a compass or a map. A point on a compass? Whatever, a point Can't on a map. Know. You've been Can't using know. a compass. Anyway. The internet's going to burn you for that. I picture you walking through what you call a draw. In my experience. It's not what it, I call a draw. It's what it is. It's a natural you terrain and your, feature. Yes. So for people who may not know what a draw is or haven't heard this talked about a lot... To me, it seems like a shit show to walk through. It's a bunch of like yeah, low, wet terrain yeah. with a bunch of sticky vines and right. You're just... not moving fast through this thing, and something you yes. So my point is, I picture people in this process getting into a draw, starting to move through a draw, and realizing like, fuck, I'm in this thing. Yeah, and you have two choices at that point. You oh can yeah, move forward, keep going. Yeah, or you can go back. But like, and and obviously maybe the metaphor isn't complete because maybe in some situations you should go back. But like, you know, really like if you're already halfway, like just keep going forward. But I think people resort to the safety of like, I'm just going to go back to what I know to go back to what's safe. But like that feeling of like you're in the thick of it and like finding that, you know, having that resolve to be like, no, I want to like be in this and figure my way out of it versus just going back to what you know and back to the control. Yeah. And of course that is, that is a metaphor that can, that does get very personal with people. Um, so (laughs) having spent quite a bit of time in them, uh, both as an individual and part of a, you know, larger element, there's actually a third option too. You can, um, so like, let's just say during selection or whatever, you're in North Carolina draws are just awful place for draws mm-hmm. sometimes you enter it and like this is where you need to make sure you've checked your compass and that you know what azimuth or what direction you're headed mm-hmm. because you will get turned around it's not like walking through doors like it's you right. and you you're like what do you mean you could wound up you can just do circles because you're fighting because it's nature and nature doesn't have straight lines mm-hmm. and so you could be in there trying to bust this thing for like, and that's what it's called, like busting the drop, punching through it. Sometimes it could be 50 meters wide. Sometimes it could be, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You could walk in, see the other side and be like, fuck yeah, I busted it. And you could walk out on the side that you entered, Mm -hmm. having gone completely in a 180. And at night, you think that's like, whatever. Okay, let's turn the lights off and see how it goes. But there's also another option when you're in it. And this is something at selection that gets, I guess, gets people. You can quit. Give you a flare. 
if you have an emergency or if you're just But don't whatever. you still have to get out of the damn thing? Well, that's the beautiful yeah. part where it's like, all right, good job. You just quit. They're not going to like burn the drawer You have to down fucking come and, yeah. down. The trap door is not going to unlock and right, you're going right. to be in wherever. So you better figure out how to get, how to, how, how, to, how to navigate your life right now. Right. And of course, that's, you know... A, that that is a metaphor that can go yeah. many different ways and whatnot. And and there's people who um, you took a take a look at planning. Like, hey man, that draw looks like something that would eat a dinosaur. Maybe we should just walk around it. Mm-hmm. Fuck that! I'm not a pussy. We're gonna go through it. That's the approach. That's such an approach. And it's like, really? So you're gonna go through that, risk all of that stuff, maybe get swallowed alive by it. Maybe not even go on the other side. Get completely lost. Failure mission when we could literally just walk around it. Yeah, it might take a little bit longer at first, but it's mm-hmm. better than the alternative. Not to mention, it's costly. It's exhausting. Sure, and that's Pushing kind of, through these things. And that's sort of like the, yeah, turning it into a different metaphor where like the, the way around might be longer than the... The way around sometimes is the way right. through. The and way around might be that long slower path where it feels like you're going the wrong direction so you go the right direction but i think the shortcut and that's a kind of a different metaphor than i was saying but the shortcut would in this case i think for people is the like oh just hang on to this bumper sticker slogan the one percent the like i can like will myself through these more what's Mm -hmm. and really the long way around is like navigating like who the fuck you are and why you're doing this so Yeah. yeah, and there's a deeper awareness and a deeper connection, um, you know. And so I don't know if I don't know. I thought it was a. Yeah, I think the point being, like, it, it is not. Nobody's saying this is the quick and easy route for sure. Oh God. Um, no. But being leery of anything we know that's like selling you on, hey, this is going to be quick and easy, and all you got to do is like this and this and this. Yeah, it's probably not going to actually work out. So yeah. kind of understanding that there is this fallout after maybe doing being whatever it is a high level performer or being hyper focused on something but really connecting on a daily basis to like who you are yeah um and if you didn't have that opportunity you're kind of in it now and you're like shit i didn't and now it's over like well you can start now and that's that's really the path that yeah and some of this stuff with the depression i think is um and this when you look at depression, a lot of times it's a comparison to the past. Like you don't get depressed necessarily about the future. Right. It's usually something that happened in the past. Now, anxiety, it's something that's going to happen in the future. Right. So you're sort of, if you think about drawing a, a line, if you look at a ruler and the ruler only had, you know, three vertical dashes on it and the center is the present, the left dash is the past and the right dash is, mm-hmm. is the future. Depression generally on the left, anxiety generally on the right. So where are you on that? Right. So you know that athlete, that curse of the athlete's mind. If if you're if you're constantly going back and being like, well, when I did this or I did that, yeah. you know, you're probably more so on that depression side. We have to bring you into the the goal or the direction we want to get you is towards that center line mm-hmm. into the present. So how do we move you to the right a little bit? Likewise, okay, you're on the anxiety side. I, this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Still Future projection. To get back to the present. We need to get you back to the center line, the present, but we just need to move you a little bit mm-hmm. to the left. How do we move folks appropriately, safely, effectively, all of that bit to the right or to the left, depending upon where they're at? Mm-hmm. And that's 
that's that's that's like the million dollar question that is the essence of the work and that is where things like just get one percent better how am i supposed to get one percent better yeah you know what i mean what i'm comparing it to and that's the other thing like one percent better is a comparison and not to say never compare yeah Yeah. but it's like i mean sure get one percent better at knowing your who Okay. Well, sure. And then that's, and then, and, but that's the stuff where like that nuanced conversation, that ability to say like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say it because I think it's important to bring it back to like, because I do think between the ears is hard sometimes to define or like, what is it? And that's something you struggle with. But like, I do want to bring it back to because they are connected. Yes, there are certain tools you can use. And I'm not saying it's all about workouts because we know that it's not. Mm-hmm. But there are tools. If this is an everyday pursuit and something that someone does, you know, people do is work out and they move their body. And like, mm-hmm. great, let's use that. If you're already doing that tool, let's use that tool then to help practice being present. That's what that stuff's about. That's why I like breathing and doing sled workouts or doing this, doing that. Some of the stuff, the balance work, like it's not just hippy dippy shit it's actually has a purpose for people um outside of the gym so just i always feel like it's important to make those connections because no every session doesn't have to be like where we're going to sit down we're going to talk about are you on the left or the right like that's not what's happening here no but over time you're like wow okay like yeah that i really feel more grounded i feel more whatever people's words are for it doesn't really matter but it's part of a process mm-hmm. and that's a tool that's actually viable. That's not just, you know, e- ethereal. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's gotta be actionable. And, and again, it's always going to be, um, you're going to have to answer it. Sure. And that's a big There's thing. There's not a universal. There's not a universal thing yeah. and I'm not going to answer it and I cannot answer it for you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a big thing. So, you know, one of the things that we're, I'm going to do and the podcast listeners will have an early scoop on it is um what's it called is like a little goal workshop like a mini workshop on Mm -hmm. on some goals um because damn like it is important to have something to strive for it is important to have purpose direction motivation to kind of just steal from the army's definition of leadership yeah like like it is important Mm -hmm. because because not necessarily what that thing is, but why it's important. Yeah. And what's the essence of it? You know, what is, what is a comp, what is running a marathon do for you? Right. Somebody reached out recently um, and was like, I'm thinking about doing a marathon. And it's like, okay. Great. Yeah. What does it do? You know, and, and not, and Steve is the one who reached out. And Steve, this isn't directed at you, but this is a general question. Like, what does running a marathon what is it proving that you can't prove within yourself without doing it? Mm-hmm. And is that where, we're, is that, what, do we need to look What's at that? Yeah. Or is it like, no, you know what, running a marathon. And, and so, and that's where everybody's different. Right. There's and no one so, answer. It's just being able to answer those questions and the goals being, it could be so varied among people. Without a doubt. Yeah. And that's where, so, you know, looking at this and goals and stuff and coming off of the heels of some of the vector project stuff where people are like, yeah, it was great and, and, and all these different things. And, you know, there's an approach, there's a different approach to some goals. There's like the, there's the nonsense approach to the goals, which mm-hmm. is okay. Every, it's gotta be a smart goal. Everybody has fucking heard about smart goals, smart, measurable, uh, achievable, realistic timeline. Uh-huh. Enough. Like, mm-hmm. no, we can do better than that. 
and so you know the between the ears approach to impact to inviting people along the ride to the, the goal cultivation yeah. at a deeper level so that you don't so um, it's not just about the end state so it's is, not just about yeah. the end state which yeah. is then because there's that same thing there's that post completion blues right what's the point of doing it like if you're well i did this and yeah. you see that and that's where people acquire things and they do things and it's like you're we're still trying to fill a void yeah and we're, yeah. we're not and um so don't give it all away but that workshop is you're in the process of it it'll be yeah. launched before the end of january yeah yep yeah before the end of january I was yeah. thinking before the end of December, but that's probably an unreal. That's not a smart goal. That's it's not, not realistic. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay. All right. So Bye-bye. keep your heads up. We'll see you.